0: Welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, right here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word, in Orlando. Uh, now, let me explain a couple of things. Uh, we get on the air because of Alan Dempsey. Uh, we call him the, uh, well, he, d- he does a lot of things around this station, but boy, he's good at engineering. And Andrew Herdliska is terrific at producing and uh, Amy Thompson is our first guest, and I know she'll be terrific. Her book is out, Fear Not, Unleash the Conqueror Within. Amy, that sounds like a very, very bold title. Uh, welcome, and explain that title. What's that mean?
1: It is a bold title. Um, Pat, thank you so much, and, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, what, what I've discovered and going through um, seasons and, and practically a lifetime of, of fear, is that fear is not our portion. Fear is not the spirit of the living God, who now lives inside of us for all who believe. And um, Father God does not want us trapped in a spirit of fear. He wants us to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ did pay the price for our liberty and our freedom, so that we would be able to represent Jesus correctly and full of power.
0: Well, let's dive into the meat of your book. You open with the first topic. You call it learned fear. Uh, explain that.
1: Learned fear um, is a, a fear tendency uh, when when we are around certain situations um, that, that we actually uh, have experienced fearful situations. For instance, I talk about when my brother, uh, w- was he was actually just a toddler, shouldn't have been on the roof of the house in the first place, but he had somehow gotten on the roof of the house and had, had touched his finger to a hot metal plate on the top of our home in Texas, and it made a terrible blister on his finger. And so right there from that moment, I knew, don't touch hot things. It will leave a terrible, terrible burn. So there are circumstances in our lives that we go through where we learn fear. We learn to avoid situations and circumstances. Another example might be an auto accident where we might then um, learn more fear patterns based um, on an accident. And we might become more fearful as we drive and more intimidated in driving scenarios.
0: Let's move to topic number two, inherited fear. What's that?
1: All right. This is the good stuff. This is where um, fear tendencies have been passed down through our lineage, so so from generation to generation. Um, I have a friend uh, whom I love dearly, and and insecurity in her life has been passed down from, from her maternal side, from her mama and her mama's mama. And so these tendencies can be passed down generationally. And, um we can also see this in you know in in men where um you know maybe bravado has been passed down, and that's kind of a false ego, or um also things like alcoholism can be passed down from generation to generation.
0: I want you to explain topic three, the spirit of fear what's that?
1: All right now this goes back to. The, the scripture verse that says, <clears throat> is 1 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. The Amplified says, or timidity. And th- we can think of that as dread. So God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, or timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound judgment. So when we go through fearful circumstances and uh, particularly with trauma, when we experience things like betrayal, rejection abandonment or a a cycle of anxiety so that's the fearful thinking we've kind of and by the way anxiety can be passed down generationally so when we go through this season of fearful thinking or we have experienced trauma in our lives then spe- then fear can um, come in and embed itself with a spirit root attached to us so we have to understand that Satan's number one go-to tactical weapon is fear. And he uses it on all of us. Yes, go ahead.
0: Uh, Amy Thompson is our guest. Amy, how about fear of the Lord?
1: Fear of the Lord is that reverential awe of God. We shouldn't be afraid of our Heavenly Father. And He loves us. He is love. So Father God does not... Uh, weight us with a heavy blanket of fear. He wants us to live in full liberty so that we can represent Jesus Christ on earth.
0: Now I want you to explain the pre- the price of peace. What is it?
1: So the price of peace is what our Prince of Peace did for us at the cross. Um, and we'll start with the scourge, actually, because they're two separate events. So he um, received the stripes on his back and um, the Scripture says that the chastisement, or the payment for our peace, was laid on him, and by his stripes we are healed. So if, if our payment for peace has been paid by the Prince of Peace, and they're on his back, our, the payment for our peace is on his back, fear can't be on us, then. Fear can't be in two places at one time.
0: How about this topic? You call it Healing Miracle.
1: Right, Pat. When I was a little girl, um, I had a bone tumor, and it was an inexplicable thing. I was a very healthy child, but I had this bone tumor. It was very painful for a long time. And over a period of time, I realized, again, that Jesus has paid for my healing with the stripes on his back at the scourge and on the cross. All of my sickness and all of my diseases are on him. By his stripes, I am healed. Once I got a hold of that revelation, and then also in um, Second Peter, it says, by whose stripes we were already healed. I got a hold of that revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I said, there, that's mine. That belongs to me. It was paid for at such a cost. That healing belongs to me, and, and bone tumor can no longer be a part of my inheritance, and I placed that right back on the cross. And in about a year's time, that bone tumor completely and miraculously disappeared.
0: Mm. How about topic number seven? It's called coping. What's that
1: about? Coping is when uh, we, we develop strategies to, to deal with um, the painful events that have happened in our lives, whether it be uh, fear that we've battled with all of our lives, or portion of our lives, a rejection, abandonment betrayal. Uh, we, we often develop these coping mechanisms that can be seen um, in our lives, and, and it's an expression of fear, things like um, we need to be in control of situations. And in order to do that, we kind of develop this, this um, sort of pseudo-personality and manipulation. Also, um, addictions, uh, substance abuse, alcoholism, and even porn can be an expression of coping with fear. So hot-tempered personalities, people who are easily intimidated, these are all ways that we cope with the environment that we have been in, steeped in, in fear.
0: Okay, now I want you to talk to us about the trauma of loss.
1: The trauma of loss is is a chapter about having lost my mom, and, and many of us lose people who are, who are so near and dear to us, what I had placed in, in my mom was um, my, my identity. I had misplaced my identity as a child of God. I, instead, I had replaced it as a child of mama because I, I was just so completely in love with her and probably there was a bit of codependency there as well. But, um, when I lost my mom due to illness, I imploded and my, my foundation of who I was in Jesus Christ, my identity and, and what I inherit as part of his, of his family, as a son or a daughter of God, I completely lost that understanding because I had lost my all in all and that was my mama because it was a misplaced identity.
0: We've now moved to topic number nine. Amy Thompson is with us from Boca Raton. The book is called Fear Not. And uh, we've arrived at the topic simply called Identity. Uh, Explain that to us, uh, Amy.
1: This is a key chapter, Pat, because we, we need to be able to understand our identity, who we are as sons and daughters of God, in order to understand what our inheritance is, in order to understand what our destiny and purpose may be and how, how Father God wants us to be free to fulfill the purpose and destiny that he's created for us.
0: Our guest is Amy Thompson. Fear not, the name of her book. We've got more with Amy right after this. On the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, you're listening to the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Amy Thompson, our guest in that first segment from Boca Raton, talking about her book, Fear Not. Uh, We go to South Alabama. We found Jan White there, the religion columnist for over 25 years for the Andalusia Star News and the Enterprise Southeast Sun. But we're going to talk to Jan about her book, Everyday Faith for Daily Life. Hi, Jan. How you doing?
2: Good morning, Pat. I guess you can say I'm syndicated. I'm in two papers.
0: (laughs) Good for you. Good for Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. Right there in sunny South Alabama.
2: Yes, yes.
0: So what's Everyday Faith for Daily Life about?
2: It's about um, everyday experiences that I've had, um, things that I've learned, practical lessons, um, things that are of interest to me. If I'm going to write something every week, it's a challenge to come up with an idea. So I think if something interested me, maybe it would interest the readers. So that's where I go to as far as ideas. It's like you never are not, you're always searching for ideas, always looking for a topic, something in the news, something you've experienced in your personal life. There's always an application that you can make to everyday faith for daily life.
0: Well, you open your book with a topic, Life is Always the Most Beautiful Choice. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: That um, first article or column is about Tim Tebow, I tell it kind of like a Paul Harvey rest of the story, but it's about his parents being missionaries to the Philippines, I believe it was, and they um, his mother had difficulty in his pregnant her pregnancy with him, and was advised to abort, and um, she stood upon their the whole family stood on their faith, and Tim was born and became a Heisman Trophy winner, and and um, just an incredible story of life being the most beautiful choice. I'm definitely pro-life. I've been involved in a local pro-life ministry for 25 years, and so um, I thought his story was very worthy of being told.
0: Now, the next topic, forgiveness breaks the chains of hatred.
2: Yes, that one um, actually won the Amy Writing Award in 2006. That's the story of um, the Amish families when the shooter went into their school and, and took lives lives of their children, they had the most incredible forgiveness to the Shooter's family. Um, They demonstrated the love of God in a way that no one else could imagine anyone could do, and I felt like their story needed to be told in this book. It's a collection of 80 newspaper columns through the years um, I thought would be worth compiling into one book, And, and that one is definitely a standout because there's no way to describe That forgiveness, it had to be supernatural. It had to be from God.
0: Topic number three, letting go means abandoning the driver's seat.
2: That's a personal experience. Um, Our daughter was learning to drive, and it was probably uh, one of the times that I prayed the hardest um, for her. Um, But sometimes when we have to go through things in life that we can't control, which is letting her grow up or, or whatever the situation is, Letting go means we have to get out of God's way and give him the driver's seat and let him take control. And that's hard to do, but we have to let go.
0: Uh, Next one, Jan. Jan White, our guest. It's a Wonderful Life. Every Life is Special.
2: One of my favorite Christmas movies is It's a Wonderful Life. And if you remember George Bailey in the movie— contemplates ending his life, and then he gets to see what his life would have been like if he was if he had never been born. So what's remarkable about that is his life proved to him very valuable and to his community, and every life is precious, both born and unborn. So another perspective on the pro-life um, position, the, the pro-life belief, but every life is special. We're all here for a purpose and A plan that God has for us,
0: Jan, tell us about uh, the next topic, which is sounds very, very interesting. knowing hymn's history makes singing it more meaningful
2: yes, um, some of your listeners may be familiar with the story behind the hymn It is well with my soul. the writer of that hymn has sent his wife and four daughters across the Atlantic to from um their their home in Chicago to England to help with a, a crusade over there. The ship entered a storm, and the ship went down. Their uh, four daughters perished, and his wife survived. And she gets across the ocean and cables him that she alone has survived. So he takes another ship to join her. And at the point they were over the uh, location of where the ship went down, The ship's captain informed him of of that location, and he wrote the words, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. You have much more of an appreciation for a hymn when you find out the story behind it. And there's other illustrations of hymns in that particular column.
0: Now, I want you to uh, get to the next topic. Winning and losing depends on whether you're safe at home. Yes, that's,
2: a ba- that's a baseball column. It's about um, a, a heartwarming story of a, a child that needed to um, have a chance to play the game, and he, was, um, he scored the winning run. So any stories like that that are inspiring, um, I think is one reason the book has struck a chord with readers is people are hurting and looking for encouragement, and these are the kind of stories that I think can give them that um, boost for the day.
0: Jan White is with us from South Alabama, talking about her book *Everyday Faith for Daily Life*. Much of our everyday language comes from the Bible. You write.
2: Yes, um, jump in Jehoshaphat. If you've ever said that, that's from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeho- Jehoshaphat is a character in the Bible. Um, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the others here. Hold on, just a second. My I'm sorry for the delay. I hope you can edit out a little bit of
0: this. Jan White is our guest. Uh, she's talking about her book, Everyday Faith for Daily Life. Uh, we've covered uh, the first six topics, and uh, now we're at number seven. Much of our everyday language comes from the Bible.
2: Well, have you ever heard someone say their oldest Methuselah? Oh yes, and that's a Bible character. He is noted to be in the Bible the longest living person, um, nine hundred and sixty nine years. Um, you've ever if you've ever had someone question you about a situation and you say, "Am I my brother's keeper?" That's the story of Cain, Genesis four nine, and then um, to kill the fatted calf that refers to preparations for a joyful occasion, like the prodigal son's father did for him. So. Um, if you only stop and think about it, we say a lot of uh, words um, or sayings that do come from the Bible. So um, if the handwriting's on the wall, that's Nebuchadnezzar and um, Daniel interpreting the words that were written on the wall. Mm. So it's amazing. It is amazing how many um, words do come from the Bible.
0: Now, Jan, funny story teaches lesson on pride. What's going on here? Yes,
2: That's, A a story about a frog. If you can believe that a frog can teach us something about pride, um, this kind of interesting story of fable, if you want to call it, maybe a parable, that this frog decided he wanted to fly south for the winter, and he was trying to figure out how to do that, and he was able to get two geese to put a stick in their mouth, each of them, and he was going to hang on to the middle, and sure enough, the plan worked, and they start flying, and they're An unusual sight overhead, and a farmer sees the frog and says, "Um, look at that. I wonder who thought of that. And as the frog says, I did, he begins to plummet to the earth. It just shows you that our pride can get in the way. And one of the quotes I have um, is, pride says, my will be done. Humility says, God's will be done. So there's um, quite a lesson from a frog about pride.
0: (laughs) All right, Jan, I want you to move to the next topic. God uses cracked pots in spite of their flaws.
2: This is definitely um, a practical parable because so many times we don't feel like we're good enough or there's um, something about us that doesn't make us acceptable to be used by God. And and this story is um, about a woman who carried two large water pots back and forth to the stream every day. And as she carried those pots, one of them, Began to leak through the years and spill about half the liquid out of the pot before she got back, and um, the pots begin to talk about to each other about the situation. And the woman replies, um, "Because the one said my flaw is because of my flaw, water is leaking all the way back to your house." The woman replied, "Did you not notice there are flowers on your side of the path, but not on the other pot side?" So. There's something that each of us can do. Once again, this is a, a, a lesson on, you know, in spite of our flaws, there's something that God has for us to do, that only we can do.
0: Okay, Jan, I want you to talk about, will you lend a helping hand in Jesus' name?
2: That is an interesting story that goes back to one of my favorite people, Um I wish that I'd had the opportunity to meet her in person, but I've read a lot of her works, Holocaust survivor Corey Tinboom and she um, was telling about an opportunity she had to go to meet a frail woman who was propped up on pillows um, trying to uh, deal with the ravages of MS, and she only had one finger that she could type with, and she was still doing that to transcribe portions of the Bible as well as books by Billy Graham. And Corey and Watchman Knee into the Russian language, and Corey had come to thank her for that. And even though she could only do that one peck at a time, she was still willing to lend a helping hand. And we all can do something to help somebody else. We can all lend a helping hand. It may take time and money, but most of all, um, we can, there's something that each of us can do.
0: Now, uh, let's move to this topic. My guest is Jan White. Are you worth your salt? You're right.
2: That's an interesting story. Um, I heard a minister speak about this. He grew up in the, I guess you'd say, in the country, and he was told by his mother to help out in the smokehouse. That's what most people had back in the day, and he would help salt the meat, the pork and and the roast and the ham or whatever needed to be salted, and he would be in that um, smokehouse, and he dreaded having to do that work, but um, he would just try to get it done because his mother asked him to. But one day a, a guest comes to visit, and as the guest is there, she wants to prepare a meal. She sends him to the smokehouse, and lo and behold, when she cuts into the ham, it's spoiled. There's uh, maggots in it and different things like that. So anyway, she looked at it and said, son, not enough salt, not enough salt. So we, but we all have a job to do. God, once again, we have something that God wants us to do. We, we are worth our salt because we can be the salt of the earth. God wants us to be the salt of the earth.
0: Jan, tell us about how do you and I know which way we are going?
2: Okay, this one is an interesting story about um, Albert Einstein on a trip. He was taking a train, and he. The conductor comes along to find out who has a ticket to, um, for this particular route, and he can't find his. But yet, the um, conductor says, um, "Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We know you, so don't worry about it." But um, the white-haired professor replied, "Young man, I don't. I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going, and we all need to." Um, know the way that we are going because there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is the way of death. And Jesus said that there's a way that leads to destruction and another way that leads to everlasting life. So um, we have to follow God, um, follow the path that he sets out for us. So that's what that one is about.
0: Our guest Jan White has put together a really amazing book, uh, well worth getting and reading, Everyday Faith for Daily Life, uh, there are 80 uh, of these stories that she's talking about, 80 of them. We're just going to cover a small number of them, but boy, they're all interesting. Okay, Jan, one of the, b- before the break. Uh, one of the, go okay, ahead. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. One of
2: the, um, one of the stories that I, I like, um, it's one of my favorite. is that there's um, an article reading the greatest love letter of all time. Yes. And it's about an old Valentine that I found in some pictures of my grandmother's. Um, it was dated. Um, february 1915 and it was from her secret admirer and i never knew that she kept something like that for all of her life and i draw the parallel that the bible is a love letter that god has sent to us so um i thought that would be an interesting one to mention too
0: jan white is our guest everyday faith for daily life you're listening and you're plugged in here to the pat williams saturday power hour You're listening to the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando, and we hope you stay tuned to those call letters all day long. We've got another segment with Jan White. Stay with us, and uh, we will be right back. And when we come back, we're going to ask Jan about the legacy of Patrick, 5th century missionary. Stay with us. Amy Thompson, our guest in that first segment from Boca Raton, talking about her book, Fear Not. Uh, We go to South Alabama. We found Jan White there, the religion columnist for over 25 years for the Andalusia Star News and the Enterprise Southeast Sun. But we're going to talk to Jan about her book, Everyday Faith for Daily Life. Hi, Jan. How you doing?
2: Good morning, Pat. I guess you can say I'm syndicated. I'm in two papers.
0: (laughs) Good for you. Good for Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. Right there in sunny South Alabama.
2: Yes, yes.
0: So what's Everyday Faith for Daily Life about?
2: It's about um, everyday experiences that I've had, um, things that I've learned, practical lessons, um, things that are of interest to me. If I'm going to write something every week, it's a challenge to come up with an idea. So I think if something interested me, maybe it would interest the readers. So that's where I go to as far as ideas. It's like you never are not, you're always searching for ideas, always looking for a topic, something in the news, something you've experienced in your personal life. There's always an application that you can make to everyday faith for daily life.
0: Well, you open your book with a topic, Life is Always the Most Beautiful Choice. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: That um, first article or column is about Tim Tebow I tell it kind of like a Paul Harvey rest of the story, but it's about his parents being missionaries to the Philippines, I believe it was, and they um, his mother had difficulty in his pregnant her pregnancy with him, and was advised to abort, and um, she stood upon their, the whole family stood on their faith, and Tim was born and became a Heisman Trophy winner, and and um, just an incredible story of life being the most beautiful choice. I'm definitely pro-life. I've been involved in a local pro-life ministry for 25 years. And so um, I thought his story was very worthy of being told.
0: Now the next topic, forgiveness breaks the chains of hatred.
2: Yes, that one um, actually won the Amy Writing Award in 2006. That's the story of um, the Amish families when the shooter went into their school and, and took lives the lives of their children, they had the most incredible forgiveness to the Shooter's family. Um, They demonstrated the love of God in a way that no one else could imagine anyone could do. And I felt like their story needed to be told in this book. It's a collection of 80 newspaper columns through the years um, I thought would be worth compiling into one book. And, And that one is definitely a standout because there's no way to describe that forgiveness, it had to be supernatural. It had to be from God.
0: Topic number three, letting go means abandoning the driver's seat.
2: That's a personal experience. Um, Our daughter was learning to drive, and it was probably uh, one of the times that I prayed the hardest um, for her. Um, But sometimes when we have to go through things in life that we can't control, which is letting her grow up or, or whatever the situation is. Letting go means we have to get out of God's way and give him the driver's seat and let him take control. And that's hard to do, but we have to let go.
0: Uh, next one, Jan. Jan White, our guest. It's a Wonderful Life. Every Life is Special.
2: One of my favorite Christmas movies is It's a Wonderful Life. And if you remember... George Bailey in the movie contemplates ending his life, and then he gets to see what his life would have been like if he was if he had never been born. So, what's remarkable about that is his life proved to him very valuable to his community, and every life is precious, both born and unborn. So, another perspective on the pro-life. Um, position, the pro-life belief, but every life is special. We're all here for a purpose and a plan that God has for us.
0: Jan, tell us about uh, the next topic, which is sounds very, very interesting. Knowing hymn's history makes singing it more meaningful.
2: Yes. Um, some of your listeners may be familiar with the story behind the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, the writer of that hymn, has sent his wife and four daughters across the Atlantic to, from um, his, their home in Chicago to England to help with a, a crusade over there. The ship entered a storm, and the ship went down. Their uh, four daughters perished, and his wife survived, and she gets across the ocean and cables him that she alone has survived. So he takes another ship to join her, and At the point, they were over the uh, location of where the ship went down. The ship's captain informed him of of that location, and he wrote the words, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. You have much more of an appreciation for a hymn when you find out the story behind it. And there's other illustrations of hymns in that particular column.
0: Now, I want you to uh, get to the next topic. Winning and losing depends on whether you're safe at home. Phyllis,
2: that's a a baseball column. It's about um, a a heartwarming story of a a child that needed to um, have a chance to play the game, and he was um, he scored the winning run. So. Any stories like that that are inspiring, um, I think is one reason the book has struck a chord with readers, is people are hurting and looking for encouragement. And these are the kind of stories that I think can give them that um, boost for the day.
0: Jan White is with us from South Alabama, talking about her book, Everyday Faith for Daily Life. Much of our everyday language comes from the Bible, you write.
2: Yes. Um jump in Jehoshaphat. If you've ever said that, that's from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um Jeho- Jehoshaphat is a character in the Bible. Um well have you ever heard someone say their oldest Methuselah? Oh yes. And that's a Bible character. He is noted to be in the Bible the longest living person um nine hundred and sixty nine years. Um you've ever if you've ever had someone question you about a situation and you say, Am I my brother's keeper? That's the story of Cain, Genesis 4, 9. And then um, to kill the fatted calf, that refers to preparations for a joyful occasion like the prodigal son's father did for him. So um, if you only stop and think about it, we say a lot of sayings that do come from the Bible. So um, if the handwriting's on the wall, that's Nebuchadnezzar and um, Daniel interpreting the words that were written on the wall. Mm. So it is amazing how many... um, words do come from the Bible.
0: Now, Jan, funny story teaches lesson on pride. What's going on here? Yes,
2: that's a a, a story about a frog. If you can believe that a frog can teach us something about pride, um, this kind of interesting story of fable, if you want to call it, maybe a parable, that this frog decided he wanted to fly south for the winter, and he was trying to figure out how to do that, and he was able to get two geese to put a stick in their mouths, each of them, and he was going to hang on to the middle, and sure enough, the plan worked, and they start flying, and they're an unusual sight overhead, and a farmer sees the frog and says, um, look at that. I wonder who thought of that, and as the frog says, I did, he begins to plummet to the earth. It just shows you that we can our pride can get in the way, and one of the quotes I have um, is, Pride says my will be done. Humility says God's will be done. So there's um, quite a lesson from a frog about pride.
0: <laughs> All right, Jan, I want you to move to the next topic. God uses cracked pots in spite of their flaws.
2: This is definitely um, a practical parable because so many times we don't feel like we're good enough or there's um, something about us that doesn't make us acceptable to be used by God. and and this story is um, about a woman who carried two large water pots back and forth to the stream every day. And as she carried those pots, one of them began to leak through the years and spill about half the liquid out of the pot before she got back. And um, the pots begin to talk about to each other about the situation. And the woman replies, um, "Because the one said my flaw is because of my flaw, water is leaking." all the way back to your house, the woman replied, did you not notice there are flowers on your side of the path but not on the other pot side? So there's something that each of us can do. Once again, this is a, a, a lesson on, you know, in spite of our flaws, there's something that God has for us to do that only we can do.
0: Okay, Jan, I want you to talk about, will you lend a helping hand in Jesus' name?
2: That is an interesting story that goes back to one of my favorite people. Um, I wish that I'd had the opportunity to meet her in person, but I've read a lot of her works, Holocaust survivor, Corey Ten Boom, And she um, was telling about an opportunity she had to go to meet a frail woman who was propped up on pillows um, trying to uh, deal with the ravages of MS. And she only had one finger, that she could type with, and she was still doing that to transcribe portions of the Bible as well as books by Billy Graham and Corey and Watchman Nee into the Russian language. And Corey had come to thank her for that. And even though she could only do that one peck at a time, she was still willing to lend a helping hand. And we all can do something to help somebody else. We can all lend a helping hand. It may take time and money, but most of all, um, we can. there's something that each of us can do.
0: Now, uh, let's move to this topic. My guest is Jan White. Are you worth your salt, you write.
2: That's an interesting story. Um, I heard a minister speak about this. He grew up in the, I guess you'd say, in the country. And he was told by his mother to help out in the smokehouse. That's what most people had back in the day. And he would help salt the meat, the pork and and the roast and the ham or whatever needed to be salted. And he would be in that um, smokehouse, and he dreaded having to do that work, but um, he would just try to get it done because his mother asked him to. One day, a, a guest comes to visit, and as the guest is there, she wants to prepare a meal. She sends him to the smokehouse, and lo and behold, when she cuts into the ham, it's Spoiled. There's um, maggots in it and different things like that. So, anyway, she looked at it and said, "Son, not enough salt. Not enough salt." So, we but we all have a job to do. God, once again, we have something that God wants us to do. We we are worth our salt because we can be the salt of the earth. God wants us to be the salt of the earth.
0: Jan, tell us about how do you and I know which way we are going?
2: Okay. This one is an interesting story about um, Albert Einstein on a trip. He was taking a train, and he, the conductor comes along to find out who has a ticket to, um, for this particular route, and he can't find his. But yet the um, conductor says, um, "Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We know you, so don't worry about it." But um, the white-haired professor replied, "Young man, I don't. I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going." And we all need to um, know the way that we are going because there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is the way of death. And Jesus said that there's a way that leads to destruction and another way that leads to everlasting life. So um, we have to follow God, um, follow the, the path that he sets out for us. So that's what that one is about.
0: Our guest Jan White has put together a really amazing book uh, well worth getting and reading. Everyday Faith for Daily Life. Uh, there are 80 uh, of these stories that she's talking about. 80 of them. We're just going to cover a small number of them. But boy, they're all interesting. Okay, Jan, one b- the, before the break. Uh, one of the, go okay, ahead. Go okay. ahead.
2: One of, the, um, one of the stories that I, I, I like, um, it's one of my favorite. is that there's um an article reading the greatest love letter of all time. Yes. And it's about an old Valentine that, I found in some pictures of my grandmother's, Um, it was dated uh, February 1915, and it was from her secret admirer, and I never knew that she kept something like that for all of her life, and I draw the parallel that The Bible is a love letter that God has sent to us, so um, I thought that would be an interesting one to mention, too.
0: Jan White is our guest. Everyday faith for daily life. You're listening, and you're plugged in here to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word, in Orlando, and we hope you stay tuned to those call letters all day long. We've got another segment with Jan White. Stay with us, and uh, we will be right back. And when we come back, we're going to ask Jan about the legacy of Patrick, 5th century missionary. Stay with us. Our guest is Jan White from South Alabama, everyday faith for daily life. And Jan, as advertised, tell us about the legacy of Patrick, fifth-century missionary.
2: Yes, some people don't realize that Saint Patrick was actually a person that lived um, in the fifth century, and he was abducted from his, as a child and taken to Ireland. He was um, captured and made a slave, and later on, as he grew older, he was able to escape and he returned to um, his hometown in Scotland, and then um, he just felt a burden to go back, um, that God was speaking to him to go back and reach the people that held him captive, and he obeyed God and ended up going to back to Ireland and travel as a missionary through the pagan country of Ireland at that time, and there was a great revival, of Celtic or Celtic revival that lasted four centuries. So he made a dramatic impact on his in his lifetime beyond anything he could have ever imagined.
0: Now, Jan, son's letter to his mother are words of comfort to us.
2: Yes, um, this is another one of those um, hymn stories. My love of history really com- uh, goes well with my love of writing. My love of words. <clears throat> My um, story here comes from the story of Joseph Scriven, who, um, to make the long story short, he was separated from his family, living in another country, and his mother became quite ill, and he was concerned about her and knew she was possibly dying, but he could not go to her. So he wrote a letter to her and. um just as a poem to encourage her, and later he was ill and a friend came to visit him and noticed the poem was scribbled on a scratched piece of paper near his bed and asked him about it, and he didn't write it for publication or anyone else to read it but his mother. Then um, later it was set to music and was included in a hymnal printed in 1875, and it's still comforting words not just for his mother when she was sick but for us. And the words were, "What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear." What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Those words might have escaped us totally if someone hadn't found them written on a scratch piece of paper by his bedside.
0: I want you to explain uh, the next topic. Is there a cross in your life?
2: Well, um, this goes back to nine eleven. And the fact that in the um, rubble of the twin towers, a big steel cross was found, two steel beams that had um, in the crumbled ruins there as they were searching for survivors or or remains, and it just totally changed the atmosphere of 9/11. It was like God was saying, "I am here, in spite of what's going on, I am here." Um, uh, a priest was there who prayed a prayer of dedication for the master of steel beams and he said that the cross symbolizes the pain and suffering of Jesus on the cross and the redemption of all humanity and um, to my knowledge that cross still exists but it may not be where it was at ground zero or I think it was moved to a nearby location maybe even the memorial there but it, um, it just reminds us that no matter what's going on the tragedies all around us that um, God hasn't forgotten us.
0: Jan, important lessons learned from the sinking of the Titanic. Yes. Tell tell Um, us more.
2: All right. Um, This um, comes from the story of a minister on board who um, basically gave up his life, sacrificed his life for those who were drowning so that they could have one Last appeal to give their lives to Christ, and of course, we know the story. it's very familiar, the story of the Titanic, but in fact, there weren't enough lifeboats, and there so many things went wrong that could have saved a lot of lives, like just signaling for help. but of all the souls that were lost, um this one survivor claims that to be the last convert that accepted Christ as um this minister was trying his best. He was trying to save lives spiritually that he knew were going to die in within moments, and it's a, it's an interesting story. We all um, learn from from history. There are lessons of history that we we can learn from the tragedies. Um, but afterwards, every ship had to carry lifeboats for every person. So, um, we, you know, there were lessons learned from that that tragedy, and lessons that we can learn also about every day. Are people that are going to We're going to encounter that are going to leave this world. We just don't know when it will be, but they need to know there's a way that their lives can be saved.
0: Jan, that's a perfect time for me to interject this quote uh, from uh, the late Kobe Bryant. Here's what he said. The biggest mistake we make in our life is thinking we have time.
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a pretty strong quote from Kobe. The biggest mistake we make in our life is thinking we have time. Okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Jesus has no hands but yours and mine. You write.
2: Um, this story comes from uh, World War Two. I actually heard a retired army chaplain share this story. He was talking about the um, soldiers that were occupying France as they pushed the Nazis back. And they go into these towns that have been bombed mercilessly, and things were destroyed, even the um, cathedrals or churches. And they go into this one cathedral, and they find a statue of Jesus has been blown over, and his hands are broken off. And they start setting about to get it repaired, and then... um, One day, they come back to the sanctuary, and to their amazement, a soldier had printed on a piece of paper and attached to the statue. It read, He has no hands but yours. And that message was so powerful, they didn't repair it. They wanted everyone that saw that statue of Jesus in the future to realize that we are his hands. Um, You and I are his hands in the world today.
0: Jan, let's talk about... um there's an app for everything you need in the Bible.
2: Yes, there is. I think um, I used the illustration of my cell phone because um, thinking about Thomas Edison and George Eastman and Alexander Graham Bell, they would they could not believe what an, a smartphone can do. This day and time, it's not just a phone; it's also a camera, and it plays music. So it's just unreal in videos um, what it, what it, we have today. But but. I'm writing about, in the Bible, um, there are subjects like, um, and not just Bible apps, I mean the Bible apps are very helpful in your study of the Bible, but if you're needing a moral compass, a GPS, that's God's plan for salvation, you need a map, um, God, God has a chart for you to steer by, um, if you're planning a budget, read Mark 4 and Luke 19, um, there's... Um, apps for every relationship, um, just go to your concordance. But author Keith Miller has written, the Bible can change not only a life but an entire lifestyle. And the truth that we need to live each day is in the pages of the Bible.
0: Now, tell us about the 400th anniversary of the book that changed the world.
2: Back in 2011, um, we reached a milestone In the history of the world, it was the 400th anniversary of the King James Bible published in 1611, and it's very interesting the history of that and how the Bible played an important role not just in the Puritans coming to this country, but in the establishment of our country. Um, What people may not know is that there's a King James Bible Trust, and the organizers um, of that of that trust um, plan the events for the celebration of the Bible. The King James Version of the Bible—it um, it changed the world because um, it, it, if you've ever been, especially if you've ever been to the Museum of the Bible, you'll you'll even see wonderful um, displays about this in Washington D.C. I got to go a few years ago, but but it shaped the literature of the world, the countries of the world. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the most important things, important documents in the history of the world. Of course, one of the first documents even printed on a printing press. But these, um, this this particular bu- book has definitely changed the world.
0: Life without God would be unimaginable. What's that story about?
1: That
2: story is about how <laughs> how hard it is to learn a computer. Um, we were trying to teach my mother-in-law one time how to use one in. She couldn't get the hang of it at all. Um, but it also goes back to the story of how um, an icon, what we used to think of as a sacred religious statue, is also a symbol on the computer.
0: My guest has been Jan White, and uh, and what a discussion about her book. Hope you enjoy it. Everyday Faith for Daily Life. We've got to wrap up. Right after this, on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Well, folks, uh, we've had a good visit here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, Amy Thompson, in that first segment, talking about her book, Fear Not. Uh, She was in Boca Raton. And then Jan White joined us from South Alabama, uh, talking about her book, Everyday Faith for Daily Life. Well, Folks, I just want to remind you that we are working hard to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando, and we need your help. Just go up to the website, OrlandoDreamers.com, OrlandoDreamers.com, and just check in. Let us hear from you. Uh, Share your thoughts. Uh, Let us know if you'd be interested in season tickets down the road. Uh, We're working hard to make this dream a reality, and uh, we need your help, OrlandoDreamers.com. Well, we'll be back next weekend for more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, the word in Orlando. Uh, Have a wonderful day ahead. We'll see you next weekend.